Welcome to the Ford Iron Podcast. We're here to help men understand their biblical roles, pursue Christ with unwavering courage in every aspect of their lives. Welcome to the Ford. All right, guys, welcome back to the Ford Iron Podcast. John 14, 18. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. That is the basis of... What we've been talking about through the last two podcasts with Andrew and Travis Watson, no relation, by the way, um, <laughs> figure we should give that give that out there. But um, adoption and where it comes from, us as orphans, what is our Christian duty for it? And today, Carl and I are just going to you know dive into a little bit of the doctrine of adoption. It's going to be a little shorter podcast, just a couple of verses and our our thoughts around those verses. Um, so first off the doctrine of adoption and, and what it is. <clears throat> so the doctrine of adoption is in Christian theology, just the reception of a believer into the family of God that just at its base form, that's what it is. So if, uh, you got any thoughts just on the definition right there off the top there, Carl? Well, just go back to our opening verse. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. And so Jesus recognizes that apart from him, we're lost. We have no direction. Uh, The Bible often talks about uh, being sheep without a shepherd. So he's set that as a priority for us, and um, he modeled it and models it for us. Uh, You know, as, as he's at the right hand of the Father, he's also preparing rooms for us. Uh, He's the, he's the groom, we're, we're the bride, and um, he expects that we as Christian men are following that example in uh, the practical opportunities that he puts in front of us. Yeah, I mean, numerous times through, throughout the Bible, um, like Travis said, do, do a, a word study on orphan or, or fatherlessness, you know, um, or the fatherless. Uh, it, it's all throughout the Bible, you know, as a characteristic of God that, you know, he cares for and loves those who don't have someone to love them. Does They don't have someone to guide them and teach them. And, and that's our, another one of our duties as a Christian man, as a Christian man to teach and disciple. Um, I just had a young man down the street, literally while I was texting you earlier, Carl, um, He's the one that I told you about a couple of weeks ago. Asked, "Hey, would you mind mentoring me and stuff?" You know, he came to the house, I, and I was like, "Hey, we're just going to go over Ephesians five. You know, just kind of talk about what what a Christian man's supposed to be." And you know, and then a little brain picking with him back and forth on his worldview. Like, there's numerous statistics that say um, kids and children and young adults, you know, don't believe in an absolute truth, an absolute objective standard on things. Um, so I just picked his brain a little bit on that. Um, but that's just a lack of a spiritual leader that's close to him. You know, um, he, he saw something and asked me. And so of course I'm going to step in same, same with our story that we're going to go over, uh, in the next podcast with our current foster child, hopefully adoptive child here soon. Same story you're going to hear from Gunny and Jason that we just, we, we see a need, we're going to fill it. You know, that that's part of 
being a Christian man, whether it's adoption, fostering, whether it's leading youth group or sitting in the nursery changing diapers while mommy's in there getting her praise and worship on, you know, it's like Christian men, we see a need, we're supposed to fill it. Um, oh, go ahead, Carl. So, yeah, I mean, you know, if you think about uh, legend, uh, early, early tradition says that uh, in the Roman culture, uh, the father would decide the fate of the child as it was born. And, um, didn't matter if the child was healthy or not. Um, if the uh, if the father decided that, um, hey, it's a girl and I wanted a boy, then basically what they would do is put that child on a wall away from the home until the child died. And one of the things that caught the attention of the of the Romans was the Christians would go out and get those children. And bring them in and, and care and, and nurture them um, and not just let them die. And yeah. that practical, exactly what you said. What's the need? And we fill, we fill the void. That's what we do. And, um, you know, we're called to do that. And, uh, you know, even to this day, I mean, my situation's a little different than the three of yours from, uh, you know, formal adopting, fostering, but... Uh, you know, with with my uh, with my bride when we came together, um, she had two older children. Um, one was already in college; the other was an older teen. Um, and their fathers had never been involved in their life. And so my mindset is: okay, I'm your father. You can call me whatever you want, but you know, I embrace that role. And, and, you know, first thing is provide for their needs. Um, and then, um, especially in that spiritual uh, guidance and direction. And, you know, you think about, just like you mentioned, uh, mentoring the young man, what's their worldview? Well, these two had grown up without a dad. So there was a lot of ground to make up. And, uh, you know, um, God put me in that position for a reason. He's equipped me, and uh, he expects me to uh, follow through. And uh, it's a privilege to uh, <laughs> do that. And and just um, you know, not not that it's an obligation; it's a joy. Yeah. And that's I think that's a, a key part of the mindset. It's not like Jesus sees us as you know a burden. We're a joy to him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was I was just thinking when you were telling about the legend of the Romans, you know, immediately my mind went to uh, the Spartan community um, where, you know, the, the senior Spartan or the commander of the Spartans would look at the baby and it blow, toss it off a cliff. I, I don't know why that popped in my head, but, but it did. Um, but there we go. That's a weird segue into <laughs> to the next verse um, here. Speaking of Romans, uh, Romans 8, 12 through 17. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. That verse went, I don't know why it popped out while I was looking at adoption, Um I guess it was just another one of those sons of God things, but the the flesh will tell me constantly, all the time, 
And it's something that, you know, I give the thought to the Lord. I, I pray. I talk to the wife about it. I'm like, man, I need you to pray for me on this. Like, it's not the common thing for someone to be like, oh, that's not my kid. Let me take them in. Let me do this. Let me do that um, to help them out. It, it's it's common for man to be selfish, to think about themselves, to think about those that are just right there. Um and so just the beginning part of the, the, I think it's 12, 13, and 14 right there, um, that is saying it's like when you're living by the Spirit, you you are going to have a completely different outlook on things because not only the baby that we have now, but the two teenagers I was telling you about, um, they're 13 and 14. Uh, we were talking, talking to them last night, and, you know, I'm getting angry listening to the situation that they're in angry at their biological father and i'm like what what's the law can i just go pick them up and care for them like the kid needs to go to the hospital let me get just let me go pick him up and take him to the hospital and then he can come live with me and there's it's it sounds boastful almost that it's like oh we you're only going to want these things if you're living in the spirit but if I'm going to boast, I'm going to boast in the Lord, and the Lord has 100% changed my heart. Where I see children on the street, I see the foster care issue, and I guess that's why I was blessed with, with this house and, and my job, and praise God for it. But I have the means, and as long as God's giving the means, I'm going to continue <laughs> open up the doors, bring them in. You know what I'm saying? Like, And yep. so I, I really like that verse just because... I feel like every time I'm getting punched in the face and kicked in the stomach that it's like you're on the right path. You're doing the right thing. Keep it up. And so if I can just live by example, that that's one thing that I, I want people to, to take away is it, for everybody who knows me knows that I work a crap ton of hours. I work a ridiculous shift, and but I, I'm still doing everything I can to please the Lord. And the best way that I can see to do that, especially during foster care month, especially in the world we live in, even if you can't adopt or can't foster children, mentor a child. Go and and find somebody at your local church, a child who's genuinely curious, and and take them through the catechisms. Like, talk, talk to them about stuff, you know. Live it out. That's where I'm at for that. Sorry, that was a long way. Yeah. No, 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 you're spot on because we look in society today and so many boys are being raised by single moms. And that's not God's design. And those moms, most of them are trying to do a great job, but they were never designed to do two jobs. So where is that boy, young boy going to learn? And it's not just about boys, girls too. But um, especially young men, because they're either going to probably be a little bit more towards mom's traits, or they're going to find male role models on the streets. And neither one of them aligns with what God's plan is. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to your point, um, you know, maybe, maybe. An individual's not feeling called to fostering or things like that, but um, 
Are you spiritually and situationally aware as a man of God to see that young boy who has no male role model? You know, is there something you can do? Is there, you know, can you take him to a ball game? And, you know, I mean, it takes time to build the relationship and all that type of stuff. But can you make sure he's included? Can, can you model what God's called biblical manhood to be in this young boy's life? Exactly. Um, you know, and, and uh, our flesh says, no, you know, I got to go home and watch the ball game. Or I got my hands full with with my own or whatever. Well, if, uh, if God has put that in your, in your life, just as you said, he's given you the means. He's not never going to give us an assignment. He doesn't already know we can fulfill. We just have to be obedient. And when we're not, we will be held to account. And so, uh, Building the connection right there, like you said, you know, it, it takes time to uh, develop a relationship. Like th- this kid, you know, I've seen him in the neighborhood. His two little sisters play uh, with my daughters. And the um, for those of you who are watching on YouTube, the unicorn you keep seeing run back or back and forth, it's uh, some of their friends' older brother. And uh, yeah, so we've chit-chatted, Carl, like you said, back and forth and – um, you know, I, I try to be that godly influence for the neighborhood and I guess he saw that. And just one day, you know, he asked his dad, Hey, uh, can I get Mr. Cody's number? And, uh, his dad's the one to play golf with. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, you've heard that story, but anyway, um, yeah, got to develop a relationship, find, find someone to mentor, be able to mentor. And if you're not, that goes back to go listen to our podcasts on discipleship. Um, look at a couple of resources that we're uh, working on that should be rolling out here pretty soon on uh, FortIronMinistries.com. Uh, we're going to have a discipleship pack on there um, that will just help you as an individual and also be able to uh, help you uh, in a group setting. But we're going to uh, slide it on over here to the to the next verse there, Carl, uh, Galatians 4, 4 through 7. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you were sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, so you are no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, then an heir through God. And mm. so good, right? Like, so good. Um, and reading this, it goes, it takes me all the way back to Genesis with, with Abraham. Um, the established covenant there. It's like we are out from under the law, and now under the new covenant with Jesus as our only hope, you know, going back to first Peter three there, you know, that is the reason for our hope. What, well, why, why do you have this hope Cody? Like, yeah, I can give you a thousand apologetics, factual, intellectual reasons on why, but the basis of it, Cody, why do you have hope in the afterlife? Why are you so assured? 
because I'm a son of God. That's why. I'm no longer a son of disobedience. I am a son of God. Amen. That's probably that's probably my top and, and and you know that right as an heir. I mean, what a privilege! What a gift! What a joy! Um, to think that um, God loves us so much that He gives us everything we don't deserve. Because he loves us. And I love in that verse how it uses the intimate term Abba, Daddy. I mean, that's an incredible term of intimacy and affection. And um, that's how God sees us. And that's how he wants us to see those children around us, especially those in need, those who are, who are scared, who are suffering, who are lost, who are being misguided, deceived, abused, neglected. Um, exploited. Um, what are we going to do about it? You know, and if if um, as an heir to the king, we've got to extend that same love to others. Yeah. You know, Jesus said, um, you know, people will know will know us by our love and our obedience to Him. It makes me think of so the world can turn a blind eye. Go ahead. I mean, interrupt. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm done. No. Okay. It, it makes me think of Philippians. I'd rather hear Philippians than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Apostle Paul got a better way with words than we do. <laughs> but uh, yep. Philippians four thirteen. I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. Now, we all know that I can do all things through a verse out of context. We all know that that, that verse is used everywhere. The, the way I want to use that verse right now is with Philippians 4.13 and Galatians 5.22-23. Through the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. If you are an heir to the Son of God, you are living in the Spirit. To go all the way back to the first verse we were talking about, you should be full of those nine attributes constantly. And at the end of the day, if you have exhausted yourself 100%, you should still be at 100% capacity of those nine attributes because of the fact you are an heir to the kingdom of God. And with Philippians 4.13 in that... That is the you can do all things. You can do goodness, kindness, faithfulness. You can have self-control. You can be faithful to your wife. You can be anything and everything that's in those attributes of the Spirit 100% because you were there. That, that's where right. my head is Right, I mean, at. think about it. In the old, yeah, no, in the Old Testament, the law always talked about providing for the widow and the orphan. Because the people needed to be instructed. It wasn't natural. Even in the early church, think about the disagreement that, um, that you know, over, well, you know, the, the women from Israel are getting, or the widows from Israel are getting more than the widows who are not from Israel, the Hellenists, the Greeks. 
And, and you know, that's our natural tendency. It's not necessarily as an heir to evidence that fruit. It's only through the power of the Spirit who strengthens me. It gives me that ability to put the needs of others. You know, Paul had written to the Philippians uh, just a little bit earlier in that letter, you know, think more of others than yourself, put their needs ahead of yours. But when it comes to adoption, when it comes to fostering, it, it cannot be any more directly evidenced than in that um, choice and action. I can't think of a better way to end the podcast than that right there. <laughs> that was that was good. All right, so so with that being said, that is our thoughts on the uh, doctrine of adoption. Carl, you got any any final words or any final thoughts on on it? Yeah, just one other thing. I mean, not everybody has the situation where they can um, actually adopt or foster, and I understand that. Um, wish they could. Many people do. But number one, are you intentionally praying? Number two, can you come alongside and support those who are adopting and fostering? Maybe it's a night of babysitting. Maybe it's uh, some provision. Maybe it's Amen. helping with some chores. Whatever it may be, you know, are you coming alongside those who are actually doing that work? And so, you know, I challenge everyone listening to this, um, you know, um, fatherless children is a major issue in our society and our culture today. And we see what happens as those children grow up without the influence of a father. And frankly, I hear a lot of men in church who complain about those things going on in the culture. So I challenge everyone, what are you doing about it? That's my final word. In true Ford Iron fashion, men love a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So with that, well, as sense, I always say, you're never going to be comfortable at the Ford. Uh, I'm never comfortable, <laughs> and I help run it. <laughs> uh, so, with that, amen. So, so with that being said, guys, um, uh, we posted, you know, reels, videos. Um, we've got a couple spots left for our October men's retreat, October fifth through the 8th, um, and that is at the fort in Arkansas. Um, and two weeks from now, the Cason uh, Memorial Weekend uh, is going to be hosted down there at the fort in Damascus, Arkansas. Um, so we'll have the link for the uh, sign-up for if you want to do our 5K fun run. You can, If you don't want to run, that's fine. You can uh, you know, buy a T-shirt to help out, um, donate, buy a raffle ticket. We... Um, Snelson Custom Knives from uh so Brad Snelson, a local Arkansas guy, um, he has made a hand forged Roman gladius sword. It's got Ephesians in the original Greek and English, metal etched in on both sides, a beautiful blade and a beautiful case. Um but I will post the links to all that down here in the description below. So if you want to do any of those things, you can get on there, check that out. Um, and stay tuned for whatever else is coming out from the fort.